You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Welcome to another edition of the Blind Grilling Experience. We're talking all about salsa. And I'm not talking about the dance. Don't sit still, pull out your grill. We're gonna have a barbecue. And barbecue, it keeps us together when life wants to tear us apart. Barbecue, no matter the weather, under the sun or the stars. Fire is burning, the world keeps turning. Don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. Welcome back to the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. And today... We've got a special guest back with us, Mr. Bruce Brooks. Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> good, man. Good. <laughs> how about you? We doing pretty good. Yeah? You keeping Louisiana hot down there, man? Oh, my word, man. It has been <laughs> miserable hot. The entire week, I think we've been hitting 99, 98 all week, and it's miserable. Yeah. Dude, I, these folks, uh, like, just before we went on the air, you know, th- doing this podcast, I got a call from a guy down in Texas, was, you know, Sean Keen, who has a podcast, um, uh, We Speak, and uh, he's he was like, it's 110. <laughs> just like, yeah, we're hot, but not that hot. And then those those folks in Arizona, I mean, they've been right. hitting 120 degrees, man. Yeah, and they've had some power outages, and, oh. and it's it's been miserable for some people over there. Oh my goodness, I I just I can't imagine, you know. I cannot uh, either. I you know I mean people are talking about in their cars like you know you have to have your seatbelt on, but you can't touch your seatbelt because it's so hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like three thousand degrees. Yeah, yeah, it's one hundred twenty degrees outside, and you're wearing gloves just so you can touch your car. Right. <laughs> it's like wow. Oh man, I'm I'll I'll take the. 96 degrees with humidity and you know although i hate humidity um, i guess i'm yeah. ready for november man i hear you i hear that man yeah it, it's been crazy but dude we've been enjoying some amazing fruits of our labors when it comes to the garden and uh, i know yep. you guys have been too i mean you guys have been picking a lot yeah it's 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 been crazy it I I I either go out late in the evening or early in the morning to pick, man, because that's, that's the only way I can deal with it heat wise. Yeah. But where our tomatoes are finally done, we we picked probably around 500 from around 18, I guess probably maybe 18 plants, 17 plants, and uh, we've made tomato sauce, spaghetti sauce, pizza sauce, tomato soup, salsa which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And uh, I even made my own little version of a, a vegetable soup that uh, was just parade so easily, you know, Yeah, consumed. yeah. Dude, somebody told me the other day that horse manure makes for the best tomatoes. Uh, you know what? Well, I, I'm going back to salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, man. We're, we're, we're growing in buckets and buckets of rabbit manure. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's all. I, I tell you what, though, um, 
just these tomatoes we've been getting, man, they're just, you know, when you really work a piece of land and, and you've got really good surroundings, really good soils and, and just the, the, I just can't get over how good the flavor is. And we've given some tomatoes to some friends who are like, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm not really big on tomatoes, but you know, I'll have them on a sandwich or something every once in a while. And they came back to us even this past week, and they they were just like, I can't believe how flavorful those tomatoes were. <laughs> it's like, I'm telling right. you, man, it makes a and, big difference. I mean, if someone's buying them from the store, you know, those aren't picked red. Those are picked green, and there's no telling, you know, how long they've been green. Yeah. Whether they've been in a refrigerated process, you know, for weeks, who knows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, these farmer's markets are going pretty good right now. We've got a lot of those around us. Folks are, you know, a lot of a lot of friends of ours are getting a lot of stuff from the farmer's market, which is awesome mm-hmm. as well. Oh, yeah, but, definitely uh, better than the grocery store. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but, uh, but man, some of the, you know, the benefit of all of this, I mean, we've, you know, we've had fresh corn. We've had not only the, the tomatoes, but cabbage. And, and the, I, you know, I think I mentioned last week, but our cabbages have just been, Super ginormous, dude. I mean, <laughs> it, it's hard for me. I don't think anyone would believe me if I told them. I mean, we're talking a foot and a half. A good, I mean, they're like oval, like rugby wow. balls. They're so massive, man. Huge. And it, it's hard to get through one, you know, because it just, so much. So it's like, you can only eat so much cabbage as well. So. Yeah. And I mean, we've been feeding, you know, we feed a lot of folks throughout the right. week. And uh, I think if you figure we're feeding not only my wife and I eating cabbage a couple of times a week, plus feeding another 10 people a couple of days a week. And we got finally through two heads of cabbage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're huge. It's an amazing. You, need, you need to get a weight on them, man, so we can you know how much they weigh. That'll give maybe a better idea of what people. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I I do need to get a picture and post for folks that can see to, you know, that be like, oh man, maybe get a. I could put it next to a basketball, and I'm I'm telling you that a basketball would be dwarfed by a head of cabbage. It's wow, it's crazy. See, cabbage down here, you know, we have to plant in the fall, and then we'll harvest usually by March. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. we can't grow any cold weather crops. You know, right sure. Now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's horrible. How about your okra? I haven't. We haven't talked about okra. Um, I my okra is not doing well. Yeah. Um, but at, that was because of my fault. I kind of planted a little late, but that was entirely just wasn't able to get around to it. Yeah. So. We haven't gotten any either. Of course. Now, again, for as a reminder, folks, again, you're in Louisiana. I'm up here in Missouri. So there's a. You know, an overlap, but definitely a difference as far as our planting season and growing season um, to a degree because of the weather. So, right. uh, I mean, we we rarely get, you know, freezing temps. If we do, they're very, very short spells. Yeah. I think the lowest we got down to this past, this, you know, over this last winter was like 16 degrees. Mm -hmm. And that was only for a couple days. Other than that, we typically are above freezing. So uh, uh, most of our winter crops do well, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah. from the fall on. We don't have to plant early spring. Sure. Yeah. You been getting any watermelons? Do you guys have any? Uh, we do not have any watermelons. Yeah. Okay. I got you, man. I we've uh, had some folks ask us, you know, what to do with watermelons or anything. 
that you can do with watermelon rinds. And, the, you know, uh, I, I responded, and people think I'm nuts half the time, but, you know, that, that is what it is. Uh, but uh, pickling watermelon rinds. And I know this because we did a barbecue competition, and one of these one of the teams down from Arkansas had uh, they pickle watermelon rinds. They would wrap it in bacon and then throw it on the grill. I'm telling you, dude, it's one of the best things ever put in my mouth, man. It is so good. Just bacon wrapped watermelon rinds coming off the grill, and you're like, what? But yeah, pickle watermelon rinds. They're amazing. They really are. Uh, you know, we've, we've pickled them in the past. Um, it's been a couple of years, but that, that actually is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have not, we haven't cooked them with bacon, but Dude, yeah. trying that. Oh yeah, man. Wrap them in bacon, throw them on the grill and oh, dude. Yeah. You, Sounds good. Yeah. They, it's amazing. It really is. It's awesome. Then again, you can wrap everything in bacon <laughs> and make it better. <laughs> right. got that right. Oh yeah, man. You can wrap bacon with bacon, bacon that's and it. make it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. yeah. I just need to do a, an entire show on bacon, right? All right. the things you can do and, and little tips and tricks and things that uh, that folks, I think, would love, uh, you know. And uh, I, there's a guy I know that does uh, a bacon weave and makes taco shells out of bacon. That sounds good too, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, I know, I'm gonna get distracted. We're not gonna have time to talk about salsa. <laughs> well, 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 we're supposed to be talking about bacon, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's so, all I can think about is bacon now. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, right. I'll tell you what. All right. Well, let's get to the salsa here in just a second. Kickashbasket.com for all your grilling accessory needs. Go to kickashbasket.com and check out that. Basket for airflow and fire management. You won't regret it, whether you've got a Weber grill, an offset, or a ceramic grill. They've got a charcoal basket for you and the kick-ash can for easy cleanup. Folks, it makes your life so much easier when it comes to getting rid of all those ashes. Shake that ash and light that fire. Kickashbasket.com. Yeah, man, so salsa is... It's something that I think a lot of folks enjoy, they like, but, you know, I don't know that how many people really make it. It seems like it's gotten a little bit more popular lately as people find out kind of how easy it can be it, to make. It is extremely easy to make. Yeah, but, you know, because everyone, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, what's, you know, the first thing you get is salsa. And usually, if you don't like the salsa, you, you know you've already got a you know you got a <laughs> excuse the pun bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> right. You know, then you, you you you've already judged the restaurant based on the salsa, right? That so I mean true. that's important. That is true. And so you know, dude, salsa. I mean, you can buy salsa, but it it's not going to be as flavorful or as good as using some fresh vegetables either from your own garden. Or from the farmer's market. And, dude, I hear about your salsa all the time. So I wanted you to come on here and talk to us about it and tell us. First of all, share your recipe, uh, what you do, kind of the process of making salsa uh, that you you can eat fresh. And then, of course, you can can as well. Right. So now, you know, if you guys are gardening, you can use any type of tomato that you're growing. We 
personally used aromas because that's what we were growing and we had an abundance of them. Um, after we wash our tomatoes, it's as simple as slicing them in half. We cut out the little core. I personally will dig out the little the little seed pockets in there. And there's usually a lot of water in there as well. And uh, then we'll just start piling them up. And then now you can do this with any amount. Um, we had a we had probably equivalent of like a five gallon bucket full whenever we did this. Um, we personally put our tomatoes in the blender because it, it chops them up. And, and you, obviously you can have whatever texture you want. You can stop blending it, you know, whatever. Um, we did the same with our bells, bell peppers. We used onions. We used two huge bunches of cilantro, which that's that was our, one of the things we love in it. Um, we used an entire head of garlic. Um, and then, you know, we used chipotle peppers, uh, which you can use any kind of hot pepper, you know, to that you, you know, like if you want it to uh, light you on fire, you use habaneros or ghost peppers or anything like that. And it's as simple as just getting it to the consistency that you want and you can serve it fresh or if you want to can it, you know, that's an option as well. So it, when it, when it comes to the consistency, I, I mean, what are you putting in the blender? Everything or, um, you know, and, and cause I know some people like a little bit more chunkiness of it rather than real smooth, you know, okay. puree. That's another thing, you know, I will say this, we went through, you know, we did everything separate. We didn't blend it all at the same time. That way we could get the consistency of each individual item. Okay. Um, now, the cilantro, we actually just kind of chopped it with some scissors, some kitchen shears, and, you know, put it in, in there like that. And just kind of, that was good enough for us for the cilantro. The garlic, we just used a garlic press. And, dude, that, that simple as that. Cooked it. And, you know, some people don't like to cook it. We cook ours and, you know, really just to get it all blended in well. And we probably ate probably a pint before we could even can it because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we hadn't, yeah. we, we had just eaten dinner. We were full. So, I mean, it, it turned out, it was amazing. This last batch was so good. Right, right. And that, you know, obviously fresh vegetables, I think, do make, does make a big difference when it comes to the flavor of the salsa that you're going to be making. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you guys are huge fans of cilantro. I'm not. I, I'm, I mean, I, it's okay. Um, you know, but there's yeah, a lot we, of folks out there it. that, you know, it tastes like soap, right? There's like a there's a percentage of people, either 5 or 10% of all people, there's something about their taste buds that cilantro tastes like soap, it's weird. I don't get it. it doesn't, I, that's not me. I don't. It doesn't taste that way to me. But I do yeah, have I a friend. Know. I have a friend who is like that, and and it is a it is a statistic out there that that there's a there's a a group of people, a percentage of of all people that cilantro tastes like soap. It's weird, but that's, uh, that's interesting. It is, yeah. But uh, yeah, that would probably be the only thing that I might change. At least the amount. I you know I, I don't like. A lot of folks can overpower things with cilantro pretty quick, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but other than that, man, everything else. You know, when it comes to the jalapenos or the the chipotle, you know, uh, smoked jalapenos. When it comes to you know the garlic, what about uh, um, pineapple? You ever put pineapple in it? We have not. I've I've had some with pineapple, 
and I, I I would be open to doing that. Yeah, know, yeah, actually, and that would be more of a chunky style. I think I don't know about running those through the blender necessarily. I don't know though. And, and right, I mean, like I said, you don't have to run everything through the blender. I mean, everything can yeah. be chopped, you know, as you, you know, however you like it. Yeah. And, that, and and you don't even have to run it through the blender very long. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to make a puree or anything, right? I mean, you right. can. Yeah, I mean, you can mm-hmm. just basically use it, uh, you know, as a as a quick and easy way to shred it, if nothing else. Uh, and get smaller pieces, you know, rather than going through all the trouble with knife work and dicing and all of that. Yeah, just run right. it through your uh, food processor to get it all chopped up and uh, mm-hmm. and go from there, which is awesome. Um, and it, it, I mean, nothing. You're not adding anything. I was just strictly the vegetables. I mean, no <laughs> vinegar, no oil, nothing. No. Yeah. No vinegar, awesome. no lemon, no oil. Oh, really? No, no lemon. lemon. No That's lemon right. juice. You did, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I can imagine, I can see where lemon and lime juice, some folks add that a little bit to uh, Um, you know, I, I I would say the the lime is something you can add as well, but and and it's good. I mean we we use lime whenever we make tacos and, and everything like that. So um I mean I love lime juice. I'll I'll use it on a lot mm-hmm. of things. So Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are there anything that you can think of uh, that you would make adjustments for if you were putting it on something. I mean, you know, a lot of folks think a salsa is just something that they um, they'll take and you know just use as like a dip, right, for chips. Mm-hmm. But you know, salsa is good to put on, you know, top things with as well. I mean, we, you know, we make. T- I would say it for us, it's probably pretty exclusively to you know, like say Mexican dishes, you know, mm-hmm. tacos and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um tacos taco salads but i mean i mean it, you can it's, it's really a versatile product i mean we personally don't do that much with it but yeah yeah my kids love it and they're picky sure yeah so one of the things that we do with our salsa is we'll make a taco dip right like a taco salad dip kind of thing and mm-hmm. i think we call it a seven layer it depends on whether or not we use refried beans or not but we'll right. put refried beans on the bottom and then we'll take and we'll uh, uh, a couple packages of cream cheese, and uh, and sour cream, and a package of taco seasoning, and mix that all together. And once that's nice and smooth and creamy, put that as a layer over the over the um, <clears throat> refried beans, and then put you know drizzle your salsa all over the top of that. And then you come back over and and toss some fresh uh, tomatoes, some fresh lettuce, and some uh, cheese, whatever kind of cheese you want to grate and and do on the top of that. Um, And then, you know, you can always do something else like, you know, black olives or other vegetables or something. And then, you know, take and serve that. You can spoon it out or just take, you know, some uh, tortilla chips and and, uh, dip into that. And, man... That that's that's awesome, and salsa really sends that over the top. Yeah, and um, so I'll I'll be expecting to pick that up tomorrow. You're at your house at six. <laughs> you bring that's, the salsa, the, man. I'll have it made. Yeah, that's the current plan. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man, it it is good, you know, um, and and it's great for you know you if you're watching a ball game or you know sitting around as a snack or an appetizer, you know something oh, like yeah. that, you know is. It's, you know, a dip like that is always good, but 
um, you know, for taco night to have a little something, you know, as a side to go with your tacos or, you know, whatever else you got going on, you know, that, that dip is awesome. But, but yeah, just topping things with salsa as a whole, um, you know, you can always put salsa is great to put a little Mexican flair on just about anything, especially meats. Um, you know, earlier in a podcast that we did, we talked about, about grilling some pork chops and we made this blackberry reduction that we just kind of drizzled over the top of the pork chops when we served them. But you could take salsa, right? And, and, and drizzle, you know, put a little bit of salsa on top of a pork chop and then, you know, have, you know, some other type of side, whether it's some kind of uh, Mexican rice or, you know, beans or other things like that. But yeah, I mean, salsa is, it's just great for topping things like that, whether it's chicken or, um, or pork chops or something. You know, uh, you, you saying that kind of brought up a, a memory that uh, I did a couple of years ago. I had a, a pork loin that I just sliced all the way down and then I smoked it, um, you know, to get them up to temp. And then I put them in a pan with pineapple habanero mango salsa. <laughs> there you go and you know cooked them like an additional 20 or 30 minutes and then uh, served it you know with that scooped on top of it and it was amazing oh yeah (laughs) obviously that's a different type of salsa but it was really really good well i mean you could you know we mentioned it with what you were talking about with your salsa let's say i replace the um cilantro with pineapple but you could put mangoes in it right and and you could get that fruitiness with that uh, that vegetable base, that tomato base, and that little spiciness and that sweetness together, and that's the you know you can play with it and really find the just the right uh, you know uh, point of flavor profile that works for you and what you like best. And I mean, there's a thousand recipes for salsa, so someone can make it make it their own, and, and you can remove things that you don't want, you know. So. Yeah. Which is the beauty of what you were talking about, right? If you you throw things in your food processor and chop it up separately, right? You get them all spread out, and then you can start putting them together a little bit at a time, add a little more of something, don't add any more of something else, or vice versa, and 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 really come up with that flavor that you like and that you want and add the various things, whether it's, you know, some type of fruit like mango or pineapple. Um, or, you know, more of some other type of vegetables, throw a cucumber in there. Sometimes a a fresh cut cucumber, um, you know, adds just a little bit of crunch, especially when it's fresh, you know, um, you know, a little something like that, that folks might not think of. It just shows you the versatility, like you said, a thousand recipes for salsa, you know, but man, you go to a, a, a farmer's market, if you're not growing all these things on your own, and just start walking through and just grab one of whatever, you know, and throw it together and you've got a salsa. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's just, you can, you can make it your own. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever had corn in yours? I, I, I've I had haven't. some corn sauce in the past, but I, we yeah. personally haven't made yeah, it. Yeah. I haven't either. I've, I've, I've heard people talk about it and, and mention putting corn in it, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever had it personally. I'm open to it. I mean, I love yeah. corn and just about everything. So, you know, give it a little sweet pop to pretty much anything you're eating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, different kinds of onions can impact the flavor as well, whether you got a sweet Vidalia, a yellow sweet onion, or, 
you know, real potent, just a white, you know, onion um, or, um, you know, little, what are they called? Those uh, little pearl onions, right? I mean, just different things like that can impact the flavor, sometimes subtly, but it can, you know, sometimes you're like, it's just missing something, right? Right. And you can just go through and you find, well, let's try this. And it's like, there it is. There when, uh, you know, whenever we made our salsa, we used, I, I, I don't know what we, we either had. We probably had some, you know, some red onions or some, some regular Vidalias. Uh, yeah. we, we don't buy any white onions personally. Um, but I mean, whatever you got. Teach their hand, own. Yeah. Just, yeah. just use it. Yeah. We've actually got some folks that uh, eat with us uh, regularly every week that cannot eat red onions. Um, yeah. Can't eat red onions. It, it, there's something about red onions that they have a reaction to. Um, wow. So, yeah, so we got to watch that a little bit. Um, but uh, Yeah, they might. They definitely might not want to touch my salsa then, cause especially <laughs> if they're not liking cilantro and maybe they're allergic to the onions, it's a problem. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, dude, when it comes to the salsa, do you serve it cold? Do you heat it up? What what is uh, what do you how do um, you guys like it? Honestly, I would say we serve it cold primarily, yeah. unless it's a new jar. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how we're using it. Yeah, you know, I, I asked that question. I <laughs> here's kind of a funny story. I went out to eat with a friend of mine. Uh, this has been a few years back, probably 2017 or 18, and uh, we went to this Mexican restaurant. And it had to have been this girl's, like, first day or first week working there, you know. And um, he's uh, he's like, she brought out some salsa, and he he tried it. And he's like, hey, do you have any hot salsa? And she says, oh, uh, okay, sure. And so she brings back this dish. And all they did is threw their salsa, she threw their salsa in the microwave and heated it up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's, it didn't register her. He was asking for spicy, right? <laughs> it was, wow. Oh, it was funny. Um, <laughs> so Here's your sign. I That's know. all I can say is here's your sign. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. But, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that, dude. So um, what else you got coming in on your garden, though? Um, Still got your man, okra. My- Still waiting on your okra. Yeah, most of our stuff is done, man. It, like my my Roma tomato plants, even though they're done, like they are like they are fried tomato plants right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my like my bell peppers. Is, you know, like I said, I'm not growing any other peppers this year, but my bell peppers. You know, their plant those plants are four feet tall now. Um, this time of year, they usually are not putting on much because it's really just too hot for them to flower. Um, but I, the 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 what I usually do is just bring them over and my fall harvest is just massive. Yeah. I'll be picking buckets and buckets and buckets of bell peppers every week from nine plants. Sweet. So, yeah. uh, but that's, that's the main thing that we have left right now. You know, we've, we've got some herbs that are growing and everything. I, I got a spearmint plant that looks like a bush right now. Um, it is huge, and we honestly have not used much of it, so we're, we've got to do something with that too. Sure, yeah. Some spearmint tea, if you will. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave folks with one more idea, and I think I've mentioned this in in a podcast way back, but you know, nothing as far as in the description or anything. 
but it, it has to do with tomatoes and and basically it is a tomato bowl salsa all right so you core out a tomato right but you don't go all the way through to the bottom so basically you're you're you you get the uh, the stem part out and you create a little hole going all the way almost to the bottom but not all the way through and then you stuff it Right, you you take your things and and you can add some cream cheese if you want. You can do an Italian style where you do uh, some Italian sausage, some cream cheese, Italian seasonings, you know, herbs and different things and stuff in there, and throw it in the oven and bake it, or in the grill and you know smoke it on the smoker. Um, but you can also do it with you know Mexican style, where you take some uh, you know a, like a pepper jack or some type of uh, Mexican style cheese and your jalapenos, a little bit of cream cheese and some onions, and you could do your cilantro if you like that, and yep. and blend that up and sh- and stuff your tomato that way, and and bake it. And I'm telling you, dude, those things are those things are awesome. You do have to like tomatoes, though. <laughs> we'll say that. You no, know, I like I said, this is I just recently kind of started eating fresh tomato and yeah. that is definitely something we're going to try and that sounds amazing honestly yeah. i feel like it's you know it's kind of a play on the stuffed bell peppers so i mean yes and obviously yeah. very versatile you can do whatever you want absolutely yeah yeah because you know tomatoes are the base for italian dishes tomato can be a you know for salsa right it's the base for salsa or mexican dish and so yeah you can mix those flavors up and and make that tomato bowl into whatever it is you want and uh, as far as the flavors, so have, you, have you smoked them as well? Yes. Yeah. We'll put them on the smoke. We, we don't do them really low and slow. We're doing, you know, probably three to 320, 300, 325. So it's almost like, you know, cooking in, in the oven, but you can still get a little bit of smoke flavor uh, on your smoker if you're doing it, you know, at 300 degrees and uh, yeah, they turn out awesome. How, how long do you smoke them for? Um, that I don't know because usually, you know, you're not putting in raw meat, you know, you're doing, right. you know, right. uh, so you could, in fact, we've stuffed them with chicken as well. Cut up. We do, uh, if we're doing Italian, we'll do, you know, some type of Italian herb seasoning or Cavender's Greek seasoning, or if we're doing more for the, for the Mexican style, we'll do, um, uh, something like Southwest. Yes. Yeah, like kind of Southwest seasoning or something. And uh, and throw that on there and season that chicken up, grill it up, and then chop it up and put it in there with the cream cheese and or whatever cheese blend you want and stuff that tomato with it. And so, you know, it's uh, not just a salsa, but you can get some meat in there as well. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Good. It's good, man. Yeah, you got to yeah. try it and let us know what you think. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, dude. Bruce, I appreciate you coming back on and sharing uh, your salsa, you know, how, just how really easy and simple it is and how versatile it is. And and glad things are going well for you down in Louisiana. I always love having you on and uh, appreciate you coming glad on and talking here, Tulsa, salsa. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it. man. All glad right. And not the dance, dude. Not the dance, man. We're, we're, <laughs> we're talking food, right? <laughs> All right. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Friends and family All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. We always enjoy having you folks contact us at blindgrilling at gmail.com. Check out our website, blindgrilling.com. And, of course, again, email us blindgrilling at gmail.com also. Until next time, folks, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Barbecue, no matter the weather. 
burning, the world keeps turning. Don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue.